Should blockchain be regulated? Huh, I just watched a lot of suits yesterday. This is blockchain from the block. Luca, I watched a lot of episodes of Suits lately. Oh, did you? Uh, yes, I did. I mean, come on, Markle and everything else. Anyways, they're 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 doing their their last season this year, uh, and I'm guessing that uh, Harvey Specter would really like blockchain, right? With with him closing everything and blockchain making it easy to close deals, something <laughs> like that, right? <laughs> no, no, really. no, damn it, really. damn. But I think maybe I don't know. I mean, I think if anything. It would make his job a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah, probably. It would be transparent. Exactly. Damn. Yeah, he wouldn't like that. Right? He would he hate would, it. He, he would, would hate, hate it. it. Like everyone would all like everyone would know that Mike is not a lawyer and I'm getting too much in the show. Yeah, yeah transparency is bad for the show. Don't don't regulate blockchain. But talking seriously, because this is blockchain from the block, and you are Luca from Eternity Ventures, and I am even from from Netocratia, um, and all the lawyers listening out there, what does blockchain have to do with, with the legal world? I mean, we talked about Ooh, one thing, right? Things. Yeah, I mean, we spoke, I think it was in episode three about smart contracts. Um, that's one of the, let's say, basic, I think, future to be disruptors of the... And what did you say legal. in that episode? What is a smart contract? Well, basically, a smart contract is a computer program that is written in certain programming language that helps you exchange money, property, shares, um, anything of value in a very transparent, conflict-free way and without anyone interfering in it. So basically, it is a digital representation of a real-life contract. For example, if you and I create a normal contract, air quotes, if uh, I don't want to abide by the, that contract, you have no way to force me unless you go to a court. In a smart contract, smart contract is basically ruled by code. If you create a contract that says that it, when a certain thing happens, the contract is executed without me or you or anyone else doing anything, they just execute. So, for example, if you and I would create a contract that says that, okay, I will pay you 100 bitcoins when the episode, this episode, is uploaded to YouTube, for example. Then you would have a certain piece of code that would, you know, scan through the whole YouTube, trying to figure, find an episode by Ivan and Luca named Smart Contracts Blockchain Blog. You know, when this happens, contract is automatic, uh, automatically triggered without me needing to push the button or you forcing me to do something, they're just triggered. So basically, you know, it creates a lot of really, really cool things, a lot of really, really smart things. And you can basically automatize or automize, whatever uh, the proper term is, basically human society. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, that's one, one, one major thing. I mean, one of the... Let me let me uh, jump on a memory trip when while we are at it. A long time ago. I was uh, studying law for a couple of years. Seriously? I was. Where? Osik. Okay. Many many years ago, and uh, I hated every single moment of it. But I'm super thankful that I did this. And one of the things that basically came into my mind a couple of months ago was how deeply, severely 
10, 15 years, maybe 20 minutes, maybe earlier, legal lawyer like industry is going to be um, hit at a certain point with um, things like smart contracts, with oracles, with, with many, many things coming outline. If you think about it, we still use the analog piece of uh, paper and then written down some terms and rules. And this is for 19th century, not even 20th century. And we're living in the 21st century. We should have something which is automatic. If we agree that, uh, for example, I will pay you a certain amount of money if uh, you publish an article on Netocratia, for example, and it receives good reviews, you know, it should be done automatically. There shouldn't be any lawyers involved in here. So that's one aspect. Of... And we lost our audience as far as lawyers go. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I mean, there's always going to be some human, you know, interaction. There's always disputes. I mean, they can be automatically kind of disputes, uh, you know, resoluted in, in, in certain space. But like the bulk, the stupid legal work uh, is hopefully very soon going to disappear. If you think about investment, like VC industry, I mean, right now, the equivalent in the, in the crypto space and the blockchain space is a smart contract that generates someone's tokens at a certain point. This is how people basically uh, were investing in ICOs and token sales back then. So in listing on a certain exchange, so doing an IEO, initial exchange offering, which is apparently a, a super hype thing in the last couple of months, shouldn't involve a lot of legal work. It should involve a good developer coding in Sophia, Eternity smart contract language, for example, mm -hmm. and basically pre-agreed terms, which execute automatically once the terms are met. And that's it. So there shouldn't be like a whole network of notaries, lawyers, courts, stuff like this. And one day, maybe very soon, maybe very far, this will become reality. So just like, I don't know, the postman, they were once like the default. You know, if you wanted to communicate with someone 150 or 500 miles, the only way was to send a letter. And then the telephone came out, then they became a little bit smaller. And then the internet came out, and then they became very, very small. Interestingly enough, I thought you were referencing the, the Kevin Costner film, The no. Postman, if anyone should no. check it out. I mean, it's an interesting movie. What's the situation now with regulation? I mean, I haven't really heard about anything happening in the Balkans as far as blockchain regulation. Yeah, I mean, there are some movements, and there's a lot of actually, there's a lot of movements uh, going on right now. That's the second nature of uh, legal aspect right now. I mean, in the Balkans, things are still kind of murky and blurry and messy a little bit. Uh, there was a lot of attempts in Slovenia, but it's kind of like you taking three steps forward and then three steps back and then one step forward again. So, <laughs> okay, so we are moving a bit. A bit. I mean, this is not, I mean, this is super, super early in, in, in the space. This industry, the whole industry, if you want to call it the industry, is 10 years old. 10 years old, which is 1984 in internet time. No, 19... Yeah, almost... So 1980s in the internet time. So there were no regulations about internet back then, just like there are very, very little here. The only difference is there is a lot of money involved in, in this one. We had back in 2016, 17, part of 2018, a lot of movements and a lot of kind of attempts to kind of regulate in Slovenia. In Croatia, very little. There was, um, I mean, their default way to regulate things in Croatia was, oh, let's just ignore it until it disappears or it uh, survives and then we'll think about it. I don't know, recently the guys from uh, Croatian uh, Blockchain and Cryptocurrency Association, Ubik, are, they had like a um, awareness campaign that the new set of 
laws being passed or proposing to pass have been a little bit stupid because they don't understand the industry. So they connected it to anti-money laundering and they proclaimed that, you know, if there is any transaction which is suspicious, you should hold it for 72 hours, which is impossible in the, in the crypto space. Yeah, completely not understanding exactly. of what it means. Exactly. But hopefully they're going to come to their senses. They're going to start listening to the... to the. You, you know. think it's in, in those cases, it's a matter of like just someone having an ulterior motive or interest no. or just like not being actually I think uh, not yeah. really understanding I think I'm gonna offend some people now but there is a beautiful oh, don't worry <laughs> like by the course of this episode if we haven't defended someone we haven't done our job there's this uh, I think it is called Hallen's Razor and it's it goes a little bit like this so never attribute to malice what you can adequately explain with incompetence. So I think this is a major case, not only in Croatia, but everywhere in the world. So basically, a lot of people who have no idea about how these things function are trying to regulate it and then making the thing very, very worse. And the the the, the, the main point is that they never, even if they regulate it heavily and kind of ban it, they can never ban it because it's basically censorship resistance. So people just go underground and start using it in a different way. But not to be dark the whole episode, I think there's a lot of very kind of good ways to do that. And there's in our near vicinity, a couple of things happening in a good way. For example, Estonia did uh, a set of laws that are not fully kind of covering everything, but they did it in a proper way. For example, Malta uh, did the same or are doing uh, very soon. Liechtenstein, I think they're going to pass the law in end of summer or something like this. Zug in Switzerland, which basically became super, super, you know, kind of popular and famous in the world just because it allowed the usage and, and utilization of cryptocurrencies and blockchain in a regular space. So there's many, many good things around it. In the Balkans, I'm not so sure. So they either regulate it in a wrong way or ban it or ignore it at the same time. But um, I'm only familiar, you know, with uh, some of the cases here when I encountered them while uh, during my work in Eternity and Eternity Ventures. But I think that uh, our next guest, uh, Joro Matev, is a perfect person to explain all the intricate details of um, law, blockchain, DLTs, regulations, smart contracts, and... Uh, all the things concerning blockchain and law. Can you tell us a little about your journey into blockchain? How did you end up working with most of the Bulgarian blockchain projects? Uh, well, this is a good question. I'm a legal practitioner now, and I have been working as a lawyer for about 10 or 15 years now. And back in 2012, with a friend of mine, we started Actually, he and his partner, they launched a Bitcoin exchange, which was among the top 10 in volume back then in the 2012. And I helped them uh, in, uh, incorporate the exchange and structure it legally. And it, it was a very good project and very successful, but due to legal uncertainties, we decided to close it and we actually stopped it. The, the name of the project was Bitcoin 7. This was the name of the exchange. This guy, my friend, he actually introduced me to the whole Bitcoin thing and the blockchain thing and the whole ecosystem. It was interesting time back then because there was not, the, the, all this was not that hyped like it is now. 
there were only true believers in this sphere, which did what they do uh, very passionate. It was different time back then. So uh, this was my introduction to the blockchain ecosystem and Bitcoin ecosystem. And since then, I have regularly been involved into the blockchain and Bitcoin sphere uh, here in Bulgaria. Uh, actually, I am one of the founding members of the Bulgarian Bitcoin Association. And a few years in the board, I decided to resign and with uh, friends of mine and partners, we started and we launched the Broken Blockchain Association, which aims to bring together projects from the Balkans and from the region to, to do a network uh, between them and to advocate for policy and for regulation which is favorable to the blockchain projects and to the companies and to the entrepreneurs to do things properly. Now I am honored to be legal advisor of several blockchain-based businesses and to be part of the whole ecosystem. In your opinion, are the Balkans a suitable place for incorporating a blockchain project? The Balkans should be a suitable place. They are now. Why not? I don't think something is missing here. Uh, we have talent. We have good uh, transaction rates. Some of the countries which are in the Balkan region are part of the EU. The others are on his way to become a member in the EU. So I believe the Balkans are and should be among the considerable places to launch your blockchain-based business. I'm sure there are regulatory challenges, especially in the Balkans, but what are the challenges that uh, each seed stage blockchain project should take into consideration before or actually when they're incorporated? It's, it very much depends on what is the product of this of this blockchain business and company. Because, for example, if they're considering launching the so famous ICO, now famous as IEO project, then one should consider the regulatory landscape all around the EU and the, not only the EU, but the United States of America, Asia, and all the, the, the countries where such, um, such a company and such an interpreter is uh, approaching um, entities or, or, or retail investors to, to become part and to contribute to his project. So this is on the one side. On the other side, if you're starting a blockchain-based business, for example, infrastructure, and you do not consider starting a funding of the company via the so-called uh, IO, or, and you go the old way uh, by stage A or P funding, then you should consider all surrounding regulatory requirements which are in the, the jurisdiction of incorporation. What, what most of the blockchain-based projects are afraid of is uh, that their tokens are not considered a security. Also, you should consider the AML and KYC policies and regulations, and you should adopt 
good practices. And uh, you should consider when you can open a bank account because at this time banks are not very happy with blockchain-based businesses which is set. And we are working to and trying and believing this will change through the way of negotiations, discussions and having a good contact with the banks and the banking institutions because all of us, we should try and do our best to promote the blockchain ink and the ecosystem, to promote the good practices and show to the public and to the banks as well that blockchain is something good and it's something reliable and there is a lot of transparency in it and it should be adopted by the, by the masses. Looking at what countries like Malta, Liechtenstein, and Estonia are doing as far as um, blockchain, what do you think that the Balkans should do in order to stay competitive and also, well, very importantly, attract more blockchain talent? Well, uh, this is a good question also. The right answer, in my opinion, is regulatory changes. All of us, we should work to try to adopt a favorable legislation, which is uh, blockchain favorable. And the key point here is the legislation. What the countries like Malta, Liechtenstein and Estonia are doing is they are trying to attract, to be among the, the first ones who we, who adopt uh, such a legislation and try to attract uh, blockchain businesses. From what we can see has been happening so far, Malta has succeeded to do so by attracting businesses like Binance, for example, which is a great company. And the, the Liechtenstein and the Estonia, they are trying to do the same. So we in the Balkans, we should keep going on this way and we should talk to regulators and advocate for policy and regulation changes and adoption of a favorable blockchain legislation. And that's what happens when you talk to a lawyer that actually understands blockchain, which hopefully will be a lot more in the future. Uh, anyways, this was your episode about Leo and blockchain from blockchain from the block. From blockchain oh, from the block. Oh God, from Luca and myself, Ivan from uh, Netocracia. Your uh, review, we're kind of still waiting uh, for it on iTunes. I understand that you're drafting it. But again, if you haven't, write a review, good or bad. We want your feedback. We want to know what you want uh, to have better and how you like the show so far. Subscribe, like, tweet, uh, and uh, listen to the next episode. Bye. Bye. And reviews. They're super important. Why? Because of two things. First one, it brings us up in the iTunes charter so more people can hear about blockchain, Eastern Europe, the Balkans, and DLTs. Because it gives, it doesn't feel like, you know, we're speaking to no one. So, you know, you need to speak back a little bit. So, let me do this. I will send 100 eternity tokens to the best review that we read under iTunes in the what? next episode. This excludes, of course, Ivan or Lorena.